welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, we'll examine the women's groups that have remained silent on the sexual violence committed against girls and women on October 7th. And we're going to ask the big question, why hasn't the Me Too movement shown up and defended Israeli women? Really, the concern is that the whitewashing of the gravity of these crimes is degrading and dehumanizing women and puts them in danger and all across the globe. So we wanted to break that down a bit here. And joining us to talk all about it is political consultant Annie Botner. She is the founder of Botner Strategies, and she's an expert in women's issues and has earned the respect and admiration of some of Washington's most influential policymakers. Currently, she is a senior advisor to the Independent, Independent Women's Forum. We're glad to have her, as well as the Right Now Women Pack. So, Andy, thank you so much for joining us to talk about a really hard topic. Beverly, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it is, it's um, it's an, an extremely difficult and heartbreaking topic. And I think the mixed emotions of anger and despair that um, what occurred on October 7th, I think all of those emotions are really spilling over into the public arena, especially in the, the women's space. And um, I just, I, I don't even know how to start a conversation like yeah. this because it's just so outrageous, but I, I will say um, my heart and condolences go out to the families in Israel, the victims, the people who are still held, um, all the families who were torn apart by the death and the destruction and the violence. Um, and I think we need to, especially as women, I think we need to focus on what occurred on October 7th for what that is. And that was nothing short of genocide and violence perpetrated against women. And, and yeah, and I, one of the things I wanted us to discuss just a little bit, because we're now two months after October 7th, and more and more details are coming out about what took place. I want to be careful about how graphic it is, but we have testimonies from eyewitnesses who were there on the ground. There's even quite a few people who are um, getting mental health help in, in hospitals because they can't face things because they witness so many of these atrocities. But we also have the recordings, the GoPro cameras that the Hamas terrorists wore, um, other video cameras that happened to be in the kibbutzes and also just from cell phones of people at the Nova party. And also the eyewitness reports or the, the reports of those who examined the bodies um, when they were brought to the hospital. And we are talking about horrific sexual violence against women, against girls, ever heard of children, the elderly, even some men. And it seems that there was a concerted effort by these Hamas terrorists to not just kill, but to torture and specifically torture women through rape. I, I, it, it's hard to fathom at all. I think the thing that is just so shocking is that so many people still don't want to admit that this happened when there is so much evidence of the atrocities. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that is systematically what we see, sadly, go on in so many different arenas, a denial of fact. And I, I never thought I would be someone that would sit here and applaud, you know, uh, Senator Clinton. But, you know, I, I do today because that is true. Some of our, our women leaders who tend to be on the progressive side, they have tended to very quickly come out um, with very little evidence in, in past situations and say, you know, let's believe all women and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
whether they're facts or not. And we still that we see that now with many of these women who are denying reality. They don't want to hear it. They just want to look at their political situation and say, no, 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 that didn't happen. It did happen. And if you stand for women and you want to look at the facts and say, this is nothing short of barbaric violence. These are animals that did that. They used rape as a weapon. They did it to humiliate the family members. They did it to degrade and then kill these women. They did it with children. I mean, the, the whole thing is just beyond comprehension. To then have a woman say, well, like we heard Pramila Jayapal, um, but all of the things that happened, yeah, that was terrible, but and then offer excuses, political and other excuses, you know, in, in a different content a text about why that happened. That's not how we need to look at the world. What happened was inexcusable. We have to call it out. And this is something especially where women and women leaders should be very comfortable in doing so. I mean, I, I have to say, Beverly, yeah. UN women, uh, there, was, there was no statement. There was no statement. And colleagues and I at the Independent Women's Forum, we sent a letter and we said just this week, where are you on this? Yeah. Why, why aren't there statements? We certainly see social media activity on any other sort of issue. If a woman's even slightly involved, nothing. I mean, I, that is not right. Yeah, I actually want to read a portion of the letter that many women at IWF signed on. And this was sent specifically to Jennifer Klein, the Director of Gender Policy Council at the White House, and then Seema Bauhaus, who is the Executive Director of UN Women and Under Secretary General of the United Nations. So this is just an excerpt of the letter that IW sent. And it says this, it says, all issues are women's issues, including war and terrorism. And we are horrified not only by the atrocities committed by Hamas and Israel on October 7th, including brutal, violent sexual assault, including rape of women and girls, but by the failure in too many quarters to condemn these acts. Silence is whitewashing the gravity of these crimes and sending the message that women are battlefields. And it's just a powerful statement. And I want to pick up on that, the failure in too many quarters to condemn these acts. You mentioned the former Senator Hillary Clinton has been very vocal in support of Israel and also talking about this. But Plenty of groups, plenty of women aren't. Can can we name drop some of the groups we would have expected to have condemnation of these sexual acts committed against women who've been silent? Yeah, well, I have to say this is, uh, I was on the Hill yesterday at the U.S. House and Oversight Committee hearing, and the president of the National Women's Law Center was the minority witness. She was specifically asked, and I have not seen someone so uncomfortable and trying to avoid the question, she was specifically asked about this. And it, it was a lot of, well, 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 uh, yes, I condemn, you know, we condemn all violence. And I thought to myself, you know, uh, and then I, I forget, she said, but we just handle uh, domestic issues. And I thought, my goodness, what is going on? You are out there with a megaphone on any topic as the head of the National Women's Law Center. And she had nothing to say. Here's the question I have, because we were talking about the same people who not only support the Me Too movement, and I support um, men being held accountable if there are facts of the due process. And, and yes, 
plenty of men in the past have gotten away with with sexual violence against women, which is why due process is so important. But these are the same people who are willing to say, claim that women are always right, believe all women. They're also the same individuals who think that if you use the wrong pronouns for somebody, that that's its own type of violence. So they're very vocal on so many issues. And so it begs the question, why be silent on something that is so crystal clear? What is behind it in your opinion? I think I think what is behind it, it's these are people, often people who have not had the experience perhaps of being uh, faced with what the world is like for many women abroad and different cultures. These are often women who have grown up in the United States, who can talk a big game, but have never really seen the conditions and been in a culture that many millions of women live in across this country, or I'm sorry, across the world. Um, I think it is easier to put it aside and then to put your passion toward a, let's say a political narrative, let's say something that will catch fire on social media, you know, and, and free Palestine and chant in the streets. I bet you half of the people, probably more than half of the people who are protesting out there, they have no idea really the history and what the situation is like over there. They have none. They're out there like lemmings, just following the crowd and chanting a slogan. And it, it's, it's insidious because it, it, people, people take up that mantle and they get the political likes and they get the adulation from those they're trying to reach and they live in a little vacuum and they have no idea. I, I have to say, Beverly, I for a few years, I headed up the International Women's Issues Office at the U.S. State Department, one of the best jobs ever in my life. You are never more grateful to be an American than when you have gone abroad and you have met with women who have been brutalized, mutilated. I have seen a dead body, a woman's body hanging in a square in Saudi Arabia because she was allegedly unfaithful. You don't realize what life can be like for women across the world and how good American women have it. Um, and these poor women in Israel, who were attacked for being in the wrong place and being the target of political and disgusting hatred from a terrorist organization. They didn't deserve what they got. And there's no excuse for us not to hold those perpetrators, those animals accountable. And I agree with you. I think there are those those followers who just look on TikTok, those young people who think, oh, Free Palestine. This is the social justice movement I want to get behind without really knowing what they're saying. But there are people who are leading this, even these women's groups who didn't speak up. It makes me wonder if there's a money trail. It makes me wonder if it's they only want to stand up for victims if it's a certain type of victim. Oh, yeah. um, that because this is Israel, because it's the Jewish people, they don't want to say anything in support of that. They know that this happened. They know it's horrific, but there's, I think, a an evil premise behind it as to why they won't speak up. What do you think about the connections um, that maybe they're trying to not ruin by remaining silent? Yeah, I I think they're they're trying to have it both ways. They're going to continue taking um, very left wing progressive dollars and not make waves or make any donors uncomfortable. 
because it is uncomfortable. If you're Hillary Clinton, you, you, you've, you're not that uncomfortable. She's not in need, let's say, of further support, of further public adulation. She doesn't, right? She doesn't, she's past that. So she can speak the truth. Sheryl Sandberg, who we heard uh, this week at the UN, same kind of thing. She can speak the truth. She's not necessarily beholden to some and to funders. And I think there are a lot of people, say in the Congress and certainly in these women's organizations that are absolutely reliant on very left-leaning, um, ridiculously um, inappropriate, um, very leftist progressive perspectives, and they don't want to make waves with them. And I want to mention not just Hillary Clinton. We've seen other Democrats who've been very supportive of Israel. Senator John Fetterman has been very vocal yes. of his support of Israel and talking about uh, Hamas being a terrorist organization that committed her horrendous crimes. Where do you think the Democrat Party goes? Because it, it really is splitting down the extreme progressives and even very liberal Democrats, but more traditional Democrats who do believe in human rights. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, uh, Senator Fetterman is, again, not someone I think I would ever agree with, but I really applaud him for his support. Um, Senator Gillibrand of New York, she was yeah. another one that came out and um, in support. And I think those, um, there is most definitely that, that, I think, kind of a cabal in the Democratic Party, especially in the U.S. Congress right now. You know, we call them the squad, you know, and they've got a lot of these are newer members. They're younger members. They're not particularly informed members, but they're all about throwing the bombs, you know, being on social media um, and kind of blowing up things. And that it keeps them um, in, in good standing, you know, with with the progressives and <laughs> district. So I think there's most definitely a split. Um, and I, even for the other side, you know, for the, for the Republican Party, I, I just want to call out, I mean, we've had um, Elise Stefanik, yeah. you know, yesterday really going at a lot of these academic leaders and saying, what is going on with this anti-Semitism, you know, that you're allowing to run rampant on campuses? I was with Senator Katie Britt, new senator, Alabama, last night. She had a book come out. I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak as passionately and emotionally as Senator Britt did, you know, after coming back from a foreign trip um, and, and seeing what happened and learning about what happened in October. So, you know, there are there are courageous women leaders, you know, on both sides of the aisle. And I think the you know, the the cabal of people who are just spewing poison are those that need to be shut down. And I think it, we can take a good point from it as well. And that is we, we can't let this slide. We have to get people on record who are at least being silent or saying appalling things like um, Congresswoman Jayapal, who has said many things that are, are concerning. Yeah. I think it's so important to call it out and ask questions and put them on record. I think that's a big part of it because this leads to, to my question. And you've seen this in your past work. If we accept this as a society or downplay it or minimize it or both and it and say, well, the Palestinians haven't, haven't been treated properly. So this is what happens. 
what happens to women in future wars, current and future wars, if this isn't condemned? How important is it for the United States as a whole, but also the international community to condemn sexual violence against women as, as a weapon of war? Yeah, we have, there is no, we have to do that. It has to be condemned. And I was saying to actually my college age daughter, you know, and on a, you know, in a university and, and a lot of the campus politics going on, I said, look, there's a time and a place. You can have all sorts of conversations about past, you know, political and historical, the historical context, you know, between different countries. Sure, that's a political debate. That's something that can continue on and, you know, countries will figure out. There has to be right and wrong, though. So you can say, I might be more sympathetic, you know, to, to this group's plight or that group's plight. But at the end of the day, there is still right and wrong. And what happened on October 7th was wrong. War crimes occurred. It was an attempted genocide that the bright line has to be drawn. Right. So you recognize what happened. Israel needs to respond to that just like we did after September 11th. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? after those towers came down, if it, people said, well, you know, you guys have just been too, too bossy around the world for, for decades. You know, you kind of had it coming. America got too big for its britches. You should wait before responding. I mean, that's insane. And this is what we're trying, some are trying to do to Israel. This occurred on October 7th. It needs to be addressed. All of the excuses and trying to whitewash why it happened, there are none. You have to look at it for what it is, the actions that occurred on October 7th and, and react accordingly. And when we do that, we draw a line and we put down a marker that will, will hopefully protect women into you know future wars, future conflicts, you know where the international community can say, "Hey, this is something that that doesn't fly. We can't accept that. Otherwise, we're right back where we were decades ago. I mean, this has been people's life work. You know, rape can't be used as a weapon of war. It is, but it can't be. And I mean, we have to call that out. Yeah. And my final question for you is, I'm curious about your level of surprise that this seems to be hard for people, <laughs> that this isn't crystal clear, regardless of how you vote. This is just a human response should be that using sexual violence in war is not okay. I mean, I, I'm surprised by the level of anti-Semitism in the United States. Yeah. I am surprised that we have city members of Congress that do not want to condemn the totality of what took place. Again, you can have a political discussion about the conflicts between Israel and surrounding surrounding areas, including Gaza. But when you're talking about the level of torture and cruelty that we saw, I, I'm just I'm shocked, I have to admit. I, I, I'm with you, Beverly. I mean, I, you know, you, you, I, you know, I've seen some bad things and witnessed some bad things. And immediately after just hearing the stories, the level of brutality and again, like barber, barbarism. I mean, this is medieval stuff that was going on. I mean, it, it is shocking to me that people will turn a blind eye 
in the name of politics. And that that's what's going on. And that's why we have to be even louder and demand accountability and demand answers and action. I'm waiting to hear from the White House Gender Policy Council. Right. Because we, as of right now, maybe something came in today, but we've not heard a word. And frankly, I haven't heard loud enough remarks from, you know, the gentleman sitting in the White House or his VP, a woman VP. You know, it's not, sadly, it's that's not too surprising to me because I just don't think either of them are, you know, particularly passionate or engaged on any issue. But um, it's just, it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And we've got to just keep drawing attention to it. And I will say a, a dear a colleague of ours at Independent Women's Forum, a fellow there, um, Dr. Quanta Ahmad has a Washington Post editorial that ran. She's been over there um, and it is chilling to read the op-ed that, that she recently you know, had published. Um, and she raises the point. I think um, tomorrow is the first night of Hanukkah. And, you know, it's it's she made the point. She said, you know, we're we're celebrating Hanukkah and you think about what they've gone through um, and you wonder what it's going to look like for them a year from now, six months from now, two years from now. So um, anyway, tomorrow, first night of Hanukkah in two months marks a two month anniversary of October 7th. So my heart and feelings and prayers go to our Jewish friends and colleagues. And I just hope that what we can do here will help keep this conversation going and spur action. When I, the, the excerpt that I read from that letter, it, it's once again, another reason why I'm proud to be part of Independent Women's Forum, because we have women like that who are willing to speak up and are speaking truth. So I, I'm thankful to be part of IWF and I'm thankful that you are part of it. And also for joining us today, Andy Botner. thank you so much. Thank you, Beverly. Have a good evening. You too. And thank you all for joining us. Before you go, IWF does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. And investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting IWF.org backslash donate. That is IWF.org backslash donate. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or review. It does help. And we'd love it if you shared this episode so your friends can know where they can find more she thinks. From all of us here at IWF, thanks for watching. Mm -hmm.